I have a really simple litmus test for hater versus like thoughtful critic. And the thoughtful critic is using information and logic to like, for your benefit. Haters oftentimes don't have logic on their side. So instead they're weaponizing emotions, emotions like anger, shame, you know, they're throwing these emotions at you like daggers to try to manipulate you into changing. Um, and this might be in your personal life, in your friends and family. And I always, I always listen for that. Like, are they giving me thoughtful ideas to, to help me? Or are they just trying to use emotions to manipulate me because they don't have a thoughtful idea? This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Jillian, welcome to the Better Wealth Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am excited as well. I know that you love talking about intentional living. You and your family are living intentionally. I know you do these things called mini retirement. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm, I want to delve into that. And I also want to talk about your book, Firing the Haters. I, I think that the concept, regardless if someone's an influencer, whether they're an entrepreneur, or they're just trying to live intentionally. There's <laughs> everybody, whether they're a hater or whether they're someone that's pushing their opinions uh, that can maybe... Uh, change the way that you view like i think this conversation needs to happen and so thank you for making time to be on the show and i'm just excited for all the things that we're going to be talking about yeah me too so let's delve into your story and just i, I would love to know like who are you why mm -hmm. like you're you're an author you're doing some really intentional things with your family what has made up the person that you are today hmm. oh that's an interesting question i had kind of a rocky childhood experience and that really helped shape a lot of my trajectory. For example, when I was 12, my mom was in a really unhealthy marriage and I kind of, I went to her and I was like, listen, we can't stay here. Like, we can't do this. This isn't working. Like, I don't care where we go. I don't care what we do, but like, we have to leave. And she was a very practical woman uh, and said, Jillian, I can't, I can't raise three kids on my own. Like, we don't have a choice. And I went upstairs and I just cried hot tears into my bed, but it gave me this light bulb moment of, oh, money gives you choices. Money gives you options. And in that moment, I desperately wanted more options. Like I never wanted to be in this spot again. So I started to, to, to save. I, I worked after school. I worked weekends. I worked nights. I got really good grades. I did all the extra school like activities to kind of have those options. So uh, when me and my husband married, unfortunately, he had $45,000 of debt between student loans and credit cards. And I actually unknowingly had about $10,000 of medical debt from a hospital stay my senior year. But we decided to start saving half and paying off the debt. Uh, and then we started investing and then we bought real estate and rentals. And even though we never earned high incomes, like we never broke six figures, most years not even close. I became financially independent at 32. 
you know, it was a 13 year journey. It wasn't like in six months later I was there, but, um, yeah, along the way we adopted, uh, four kiddos. That was a huge priority for us. We have two biological kiddos. We lived abroad. We traveled to 27 countries. Uh, like you said, we took a number of mini retirements. Yeah. Now we live in Montana with our family. I have so many questions, um, but I just <laughs> yeah, want to re- <laughs> I want to reiterate something. So a couple of things that I jotted down: money gives you options. Mm-hmm. I love that because again, it's true, and and a lot of times um, it looks different for each person. That's yeah. why I love talking about intentional living. It looks different for your family than it looks for my family. Yeah. So that's that's one thing. The other thing is you're saying you did all of this: adopt, adopt, travel live intentionally. And you're saying that you didn't make hundreds of thousands of dollars every year. You know, we each were kind of in that like 30 K a year. Uh, my husband joined uh, the military. He was enlisted. So it was like an E1, E2, E3. And he actually, uh, medically retired from the military. So that was about a third of our FI number. And it gives us healthcare, which is awesome. Cause it's a huge stressor for people. Yeah, but we just, we tried to save half. And sometimes that meant doing really unconventional things. You know, we lived in DC, very high cost of living area, weren't making a ton of money. And even though we had one and then two kids at the time, uh, we had a housemate for three years. Yeah. Uh, and none of my friends thought that was a good idea. Like no yeah. one was like, that's awesome. Everyone's like, no, thank you. Yeah. Um, but that one choice. Yeah helped us save $25,000. Um, or when my husband had all that student loan, you know, he was still in college and he decided to join the military because over three years they would pay back his student loans. Right. And I told all of our friends who also had lots of student loans and also were not going into uh, high paying careers. I was like, Hey, you guys should consider this. Like, this is a great option. And again, it was like, no, thank you. Right. right. <laughs> We'd rather not. We'll keep our student loans. So it was, we had to make a lot of choices that other people didn't really understand or kind of get, weren't always super supportive of, but they really helped change the trajectory of our financial life. What I find is when people are so frugal, sometimes it's hard for them to enjoy, you know, yeah. enjoy time, their life. And so the fact that you've taken multi mini retirements, I'm wondering if you can like unpack what that means, what you're going to be doing. And again, I hear that and I say, man, there's so many people that listen to this podcast or watch us on YouTube that I think that could learn from this. And by the way, I'm going to, I'm going to be the person taking notes because uh, me taking a week vacation is really difficult for me, mainly because of two things. I, I feel guilty because I, I'm not working and I, and I very much enjoy what we're doing, but I feel like we're on a mission. It, that's, that would be the primary reason. The other reason is I, I do feel like I, I don't love spending money but it's something that I can I can spend money if I if I see the benefit of it. And so I clearly don't um, ad, uh, I wouldn't, admire is maybe the wrong word. I don't value quote unquote vacation or retirement. Um, so why don't you unpack what that is and take notes, everybody? Because I, I think there's a family or two that might adopt this, especially the people that homeschool and have the time freedom. Yeah, it was something that we started talking about the very first year we got married. Um, And it was actually, I was reading through the Old Testament and they took a Sabbath year, like every seven years, everyone took the year off. And I was like, that's a fantastic idea. 
why don't we do that? And my husband was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think people actually do that anymore. Like, I don't think it's a thing. And I'm like, it should be a thing. We should do it. I don't think it would actually be that hard. And because we had so much debt and I knew we weren't going to be high earners. I really didn't think we would be able to retire until we were 60. Like, I didn't think we would be financially independent for a long period of time. And I knew that there were things in each season of life that had a short expiration date. There were things that if you don't do them in that moment, it passes you by and you never get a second chance at that. And so we really took stock of like, what are those things that are so important to us that we know we might only get one shot at doing this. And we just didn't want to miss that opportunity. And so I kind of personally define a mini retirement is anytime you step away from the nine to five for a month or longer to pursue something that you care about and that matters to you. Um, and even a month away can be amazing. If you put a lot of intention and thought and like really focus on something that might expire and that you really value, it can be incredible. And so we just started, you know, we started with a month here, six months, uh, after we paid off our debt, after we saved the first hundred thousand, like we did more and more, but like for me traveling, I had always, ever since I was a little kid, I, you know, I grew up in Montana. It's a big state. We never left the state. Like it's, it's a hard state to get out of. (laughs) Um, takes me 12 hours to drive out of the state right now. So I would buy these travel books of Europe and I would like underline like all of like the donut shops I was going to go to or the gelato shops that I would go to. And, and that was a huge dream. So when that opportunity came up, it was kind of a no brainer. Like, yes, like let's move abroad and let's just do as much as we can, but also as affordably as we can. So because we were living there, we were uh, in Heidelberg, Germany. It is like the very center of Europe. It is four hours to everything. It's four hours to Amsterdam, four hours to Paris, four hours to Vienna, like four hours and you can get to, you know, basically anywhere in Europe. Uh, and coming from Montana, we're like four hours. Is, yeah. That's an easy afternoon it's like drive. like our neighbors in Montana. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we just, we car camped packed up our car every month and we went somewhere for four days uh, or we would take a week or two weeks. Um, And so you can kind of start with what's in your budget. You know, I did a month long trip. I was probably 23 uh, with my best friend from DC to Seattle and back. We had had my Honda Civic. We had our tent. I think the whole thing cost us like $3,000. And it was amazing. But in that season of life, like I'm never doing that again. Like one, I don't sleep on the frozen ground anymore. That season has passed. It was amazing. I'm so glad I did it, but like, I'm not doing that again. I have five kids. I'm 38. Like I'm not sleeping in a tent that collapses on me because it's snowing so hard in Yellowstone. (laughs) Like. Um, so kind of appreciating those, those seasons and those moments, um, you know, I did classes all over Europe. I would Mm -hmm. take art classes in Amsterdam, uh, and stay at like sketchy youth hostels. And I'm so glad I did that at like 25, probably not doing that again either. So you mentioned before we recorded that you're going on a a mini retirement with your family coming up very soon. What is that going to look like? big picture like what what's mm-hmm. the budget for that what are you guys going to be doing cuz six kids 
five, five at home, five, five at home. That's not like I, I know from experience, um, that's not necessarily a free, nothing's free. Um, yes. so, so everything's how, expensive when you're, what, yeah, what you are you guys going to be doing? And, and yeah, how in the world are you? I'm sure all your kids are like excited, uh, super excited for this. What is that practically going to look like for you? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a camper and like a SUV truck thing. Um, so we will be doing a road trip, kind of slow traveling. We try not to drive more than four hours a day and we try to stay at least three or four nights in each place. So we drive a little bit, hang out for a few days, drive a little bit, hang out for a few days. We're going to be going all the way through Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, and then Southern California before we make our way back up to Montana. And it's actually really affordable. Um, so our budget, I just kind of worked this out the other day. Gas is really expensive right now. Our truck towing gets like seven miles to the gallon, which is not fantastic. So gas will be about $2,500 for the trip. Um, our campsites, we're going to be gone 70 nights. They're about $40. That'll be about 2,500. Um, and then I've budgeted $300 a person for entertainment. So that'll be about 2,100. And that entertainment includes, we're going to go to, I think we're going to buy a yearly pass to Sequest, which is like an animal interaction kind of petting zoo aquarium thing. Uh, I took my kids before and they have been obsessed ever since. I loved it so much. Uh, we're going to do Legoland. We have this museum pass that gets you into like a couple hundred museums in the US. We're probably going to hit 10 of these like science and uh, history and um, kind of astronomy museums as we go. We already have um, yearly passes to Universal Studios. So we'll go there for a few, a few days. We're going to do Legoland in uh, Arizona. And even... And there were a couple other things that I had on a list, but even with all of that, we're only at 170 per person. So I'm like, okay, we will find more fun stuff. Oh, we're going to go right. to some hot springs, right. which is like $20 a person. So our total budget is about 7,000. Um, but we rent out our house while we're gone. Uh, it is currently partly remodeled uh, and we were super late in the game of finding someone. So we listed it really low. Um, next year, if we did it, we could probably get another four or $500 a month, but we have someone for $1,600 a month. So over 10 weeks, that's three, $4,000. Right. Uh, so out of pocket, we're only looking at about $3,000 for our 10 week trip. And is the food, is food just factored in? You have to buy food regardless. And I'm sure you guys aren't yeah, going out. With, yeah, with the camper, it's really easy to, to cook and cool. to make meals. And uh, we'll buy a couple snacks here and there. But honestly, like going out to a restaurant with five kiddos, um, <laughs> not super fun. Right. So right. we normally save like our eating out for like treats. Like we'll get churros it. or we'll go out and get ice cream or we'll stop at McDonald's and get like, 50 cent apple pies or something it, it's it's interesting i i feel like this clip right here um is going to inspire a ton of people and here's why because it's not like i have a lot of people that are have hot you know big picture goals and are mm -hmm. talking about things and i think a lot of times that can we can just lose the practicality through that translation of hearing someone talk and like i just really appreciate how authentic and real you are by like breaking that down and mm -hmm. and it's like you on a on a budget like I, I i'll just say i spend more i spend more just per month 
than what you're going to be spending for in t- almost two and a half months yeah. with your family making memories. That's incredible. And I just, um, I'm just really inspired and I'm grateful for you breaking that down. Well, and I really encourage families. I know a lot of people, especially in kind of the early retirement crowd that are like, I want to travel full time and I want to do these things with my kids, but they won't become five until their kids are older. And I always tell people it's kind of a gamble. Like once your kids become teenagers, maybe they'll want to go camping with you for 70 days, but maybe they'll have sports and jobs and girlfriends. And, you know, it's just, you're kind of gambling with it. And, and for people who are like, I just want to travel full time. And like, they have these huge visions of like global travel with their kids. I always tell them, just try 10 weeks, like try 10 weeks with your kids traveling. And you might go at the end of it. You might be like, that was good. Right. And we're done. Like I'm okay being home now. Are you going to be working at all during that time? Are you, are you and your husband totally saying not working a bit? We're pretty much going to be offline. Um, I have a, I have a team of people that will kind of keep things humming, um, behind the scenes, but even now how we've set up our lives, I'm only available to my team for about three hours a week. They know like, these are the three hours you can contact me. And for the rest of the week, you're on your own, like best of luck. Um, but I do have coaching clients. So for my own personal sanity, I will do like four hours, one day a week, just because I love hanging out with my kids. Yep. But a camper is a very small space yes. and 24 seven is a lot. And so at least once a week, I need a couple hours of like adult conversation That's right. <laughs> uninterrupted. So it's, yeah, it's kind of, that's my little sanity compromise that throughout experiences of traveling with my kids, me and my husband have learned, um, I do better with a couple hour break every week. I want to now talk about intentional living at at better wealth. We have a saying that you're not wealthy if you're not living intentionally. And I, Mm. and I just think that the idea of like even financial independence or, or financial freedom, I just love using the word intentional living because it just, it it reminds me, it's like, okay, what is this all about? Um, How would you define intentional living? And I know that you've done some work. I know that you even might have some free giveaways for this audience and like helping them uh, lean into intentional living how, how is that articulated on your end? And then how do you help someone identify what that looks like for their own life? You know, I think there's a number, a number of tools that you can use that will just prompt thoughtful conversations, thoughtful questions. And yeah, I actually have a 10 day free video course on my site, jillianjohndrew.com slash intentional that just gives you like 10 of those, like five minute videos, a little worksheet to kind of start the conversations. Uh, But when I think about intentional living, especially with, um, I work with a lot of married couples and people with kids and people who are just busy, busy with their lives and their jobs and their commitments. And there's a lot going on. And I always encourage them. There's some conversations we can't have while we're unloading the dishwasher. Like we just need to dig a little bit deeper. We need a little bit of quiet, a little bit of rest to really evaluate what matters to us, what we want our life to look like. Um, You know, a really simple exercise that I started years ago was what's your ideal day? 
Like if you got to design that just like hour by hour, what are the elements that create that? What does your morning look like? How much sleep did you get? You know, do you engage in a work project? How long does that take? Do you meet up with friends? Like, do you have family time? Because once we have that vision for these things in our lives, it's much easier to find those moments of opportunity and to give us clarity in our decision-making of should I switch jobs? Like, should we move? Um, should I reduce my hours? And to try to slowly get your life closer to that vision that you have. Yep. I think what's your ideal day exercise is something that um, my wife and I have done. And it really, really highlights a lot of areas that are not in alignment <laughs> to your what you're currently doing. And yep. you also will find that there's a lot of things that you can do that are not super expensive, that can make every day more fulfilling. Mm -hmm. And um, so it could highlight some big, big, big shifts, but you'd be shocked. Some of the minor shifts that that happen can make uh, a huge difference as well. And so I love the ideal day exercise and just Mm -hmm. being intentional and not just going through the motions. I I find that a lot of people never ask themselves that question. When I, when I Mm -hmm. first started talking to people about money, I didn't know everything about money, but one thing I like, I was inspired by Simon Sinek. And when he mm-hmm. talks about, you know, what, like people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And I started asking people yeah. like, what is your why? And the blank stares I would get from so many people, I realized what well, people aren't even being asked or not asking themselves a fundamental question. And they're getting married, having kids, committing to a lifetime of work. And, and, and it kind of makes me step backwards because it's like man like we're doing all these things but a lot of times we don't even know why we're doing it and that's why you yeah. find so many people are depressed not in alignment um because all, at the end of the day they've never dug deep on what they actually want yeah it's it's so easy to run on autopilot which is generally dictated by culture and by circumstance and by our upbringing right um you know, there's this kind of part of psychology that says most of our reactions uh, are driven or, or kind of our programming is driven by either copying what our parents did or rebelling against it. Right. But neither of those is a conscious intentional choice. Mm. It's just a reaction uh, of, of kind of copying or rebelling. And, and I think intentional living is stepping back and saying, actually, what do I want my response to be? What do I want my life to be? And not just, maybe there are some things you want to copy and maybe there are some things you want to rebel against, but in consciously intentionally making those decisions. I love it. Let's talk about your new book. Congrats, by the way. Thank Um, you. And, you know, I think a lot of us can make assumptions when we read the title. Uh, fire the haters. Um, I know for myself personally, I have had to look myself in the mirror and say, am I going to continue knowing that there's people that seem to only be speaking death or yeah. just, like, it's just like you exist to like drag other people down. And I feel a lot of times miss, you know, taking out a context. And I'm just grateful for just early on the perspective that I've had to be like, you know what? For every one hater, I I know the impact that I'm having in other people's lives. Why did you write the book? What what is the overarching message? And what what is like the real message that you want to pass on? Because I know there's so many people that are making decisions today, a lot of times that are not in alignment to what they really want because either 
hater online or people that are not in their situation that are giving them opinions and those opinions are trumping what they actually want to do. Yeah. This was a book I wrote because it was the book I needed to read. It was, it was accumulation of like my personal experience of how to navigate living a life that not necessarily attracted haters, but that maybe my friends and family didn't understand. They, they weren't, they didn't know how to be supportive or they didn't have the desire to be supportive because we were making a lot of unique choices, um, choices that were kind of out of the box. They were very true for us, but it wasn't true for everyone. And so how do you navigate, you know, the first, in the first section of the book, I talk a lot about boundaries, um, uh, a lot about this, this idea of like giving yourself the gift of being misunderstood um, and especially with our friends and family, like we want them to understand, we want them to be supportive. And so sometimes we give more information and more information and more information, like trying to convince them, trying to sell them on kind of this idea that we have. And the reality is I always have to stop and ask myself, are they asking a question? Because I don't know if that's a good idea. Isn't a question. That's not actually a request for more information. That's just a right. statement. Um, and allowing, you know, allowing yourself to, and your choices to be misunderstood. I have a whole section on family and friends. And, um, you know, a lot of that idea is that not everyone has to be everything to you. Not everyone has to get or understand or be supportive of every area of your life. Uh, you know, I have, I'm actually in the process of organizing uh, a writer's retreat for some of my female writer friends. I'm like, let's all go and like, let's rent a house somewhere and like hang out for a few days and work on our writing. Um, but a lot of people in my life aren't writers. And so I have to build this community that gets Right. this vision that gets what I'm doing and that knows how to be supportive and is excited about being supportive. Yeah. I, I have a, a good friend of mine who, who says something like statements don't require a response. Yeah. And if you think about it, how many times do we swing at balls in the dirt because mm -hmm. someone gives us a statement, but it's like, Hey, I don't need to respond to that at all. And if we just understood that we would maybe avoid a lot of discouragement or on heartache. Um, any, anything else from the book that is just like, like just key nuggets and takeaways from, from a standpoint of, of just, you know, fire the haters. Yeah. Um, one of the big tie-ins with intentional living is I have a chapter called you make the thing you make the rules. Um, and another one that's clear is kind. And I think those two ideas together are really important in that if you're making the thing, and that thing might be your life. That thing might be your family. You have to make the rules. No one else can make them for you. No one else should make them for you. And kind of taking that on as your responsibility of I'm, I'm responsible for this thing. And so there were even times, you know, with, with my family, we, like I said, we adopted four kiddos and, and people can have some odd responses to adoption. Some people are like all gung-ho and some people uh, really dislike the idea. So, but we had to make some rules of our family. Yeah. One of them was we're a package deal. You right. don't get to like pick and choose who you accept into your family and who you ignore. Like we're, we're a team sport here. Uh, you get all of us or none of us. And 
And then that leads into Claire's kind. Oftentimes we feel like if we're very clear about our rules, if we're very clear about our boundaries, that somehow we're being bossy or pushy or demanding, but instead flipping that narrative and saying it's kindness to be clear. And I'm being clear because I value our relationship enough to be vulnerable in this way and be really clear about where my boundaries are, where my rules are, what I can do, what I can't do, um, instead of internalizing that frustration and that disappointment in the hope that the other person won't experience frustration and disappointment. Um, And so those two rules are very applicable in online life, but they really were pulled from personal life and from my work with coaching clients, like you have to create the rules and you have to be clear about them with people. Some of the, the biggest shifts in my life were when someone gave me like critical feedback, that was not fun to hear. And if I was not in a healthy place, I could play the victim card and say, Hey, they're, they're a hater. They don't understand me. You know, I'm not even going to listen to them. And I'm so grateful that I leaned in listen to their hard truths because I realized that they were right. And at the same time, I've had people that I've listened to that as I reflect back a year or two later, I said, man, I, I should not have listened to that person because of where they were coming from with what they were saying. I was maybe listening too much and, and wanting to not hurt anybody's feelings. And as a result, I wasn't taking extreme ownership of my life. How do you discern a hater from someone that truly is giving you truth that mm-hmm. you need to hear like that is a it's a it's a fine line and what i find is we all know a we all know our friends or, or people that come to mind that are like um they just like write you off they're like yeah. you know and and so you're almost afraid to be honest with them mm-hmm. and, and at the same time it's like you don't want to be that person that had that thought about somebody like something comes to mind like that yeah. the relationship that your friends are in that you're like man this is not going to be good you don't say anything and then they say, why didn't you say anything? Like, how do you, so I'm, I guess I'm asking two types of questions. How do you as a person give critical feedback out of love, mm-hmm. out of kindness? And then how do you discern that from things that you should just not, not listen to at all? Yeah. So I have a really simple litmus test for hater versus like thoughtful critic. Okay. And the thoughtful critic is using information and logic to like, for your benefit. Haters oftentimes don't have logic on their side. So instead they're weaponizing emotions, emotions like anger, shame, you know, they're throwing these emotions at you like daggers to try to manipulate you into changing and this might be in your personal life, in your friends and family. And I always, I always listen for that. Like, are they giving me thoughtful ideas to, to help me? Or are they just trying to use emotions to manipulate me because they don't have a thoughtful yeah, idea? Good. So that's kind of personal life, online life. And you definitely see it super clear online. There are thoughtful comments made to help people. And then there's people who are just trying to like be angry or you shame or use these big yep. emotions to like jab at you. Yep. <laughs> and in, in giving advice, I have probably kind of 
an extreme rule uh, or an extreme boundary in that. Um, there again, from my personal and professional life in that I, I don't offer something that someone isn't asking for. Um, if people opt in, uh, to wanting my help, I'm super, super happy to give it. Uh, but even in partly because I am, I'm a coach, I have coaching relationships. I don't force that coachiness onto my friends and family who have not opted in. They have not applied. They have not paid. They have not said, Hey, I want you to fulfill this role in my life. Um, and so I try not to switch the relationship, um, in that way. And uh, very occasionally, if I see something super problematic, right. I might ask if they would like my thoughts or opinions on something. Um, but in a very genuine way in that I'm, I'm happy to be your friends, even if we disagree, even if we don't see eye to eye. Um, and I definitely take a, I'm happy for your happiness. You know, if you're happy, I'm happy for you. Even if the, probably the only time I, I really stepped out for someone who did not want my advice and gave it was, I had a friend who got engaged to someone I thought was kind of a con artist, like manipulative and like lying about a whole bunch of things. And I was like, oh, this seems very, very dangerous. Um, and I mentioned it and she was not appreciative and she married him anyways, which obviously ended in divorce, like within a year, cause he was kind of a con artist, <laughs> but, um, yeah, in general, if people request it. Yeah. Little, 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 do you know, you gave one of the most powerful parenting advice, uh, to, <laughs> to the audience. Uh, cause a lot of times we become coaches, whether, whether the person wants to be coached or not. And I think yeah. there's a lot of wisdom in that. I, I very much enjoy this conversation. I enjoy the just intentionality and in how you communicate and how you live your life and just um, how your your identity is not built around anything that you're doing. Like there's nothing that I can say to you in, in just that would tear you away from what's most important to you. And I feel like that is true wealth and true freedom. And it's just really cool that you're embodying this. And And by all means, it's not like you're buying millions and millions of dollars of apartment buildings or have a, a business that's worth a hundred million dollars. Like I just, I'm so grateful for people that are honest, authentic and saying, Hey, regardless of where you're at, like you can be doing this. And, uh, I just, again, I'm really, really grateful for you taking time. I always end all my interviews with what I call the legacy question. Mm-hmm. And the legacy question goes like this. If this is your last day on earth and you're with the people that you love the most, taking off your all kinds of your author hat and your business hat and your coach hat. You're with the people that you love the most. You can't give them anything. You can't give them your book, but you have one last conversation with them. What are you going to make sure to highlight in that conversation? You know, I think, I think there's people that are really good at the here I am conversations, but there's other people that are really good at the there you are conversations. And if I can only give one conversation to the people I love the most, I want it to be the latter. I want it to be one that affirms and appreciates and sees and loves who they are. Um, because that's what I want them to hold on to. Um, not anything that I am. Powerful. How can, uh, people buy your book, stay in touch with you, 
get all the free resources that you yeah. have to offer and follow your journey? Um, the book is available everywhere online, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, local bookstore, all those fun places. Um, and my whole little world is at, uh, jillianjohnsrud.com. And yeah, I've got, uh, free courses, business stuff, intentional living stuff. So I love making, uh, I love making content. So I've got lots of free stuff on there. Awesome. We will make sure to include those links down below. If you're watching this on YouTube, um, we'd love to hear what your biggest takeaway from this whole interview. And if you're listening to this, I, I would love for you to just really take some time this week to reflect on what, what does your life look like? What do you want your life to look like? And it was one is one action item that you can take. Jillian, thank you so much. And uh, I wish you guys a super uh, well, safe time with your family. And thank you for taking time to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.